Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. This is the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat Podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. Introducing first, the man of the hour. Now rise up and feel the power. Gnarly Charlie. Let's go. Yeah, we got imaginary air horns now. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I missed the air horns already. Um, but yeah, so hey, bud. There was some there was some wrestling this week, bud. They wrestled. There was some meaty slapping meats of the men. Yeah, absolutely. Uh we had some we had some fun wrestling. Uh we had a lot of wrestling. Four hours and fifteen minutes worth of television wrestling, as well as our two hours of dark. So I'm just gonna round it up to six and a half hours of wrestling this week, and uh, I also watched like an hour and a half of Extreme Rules or something. It, that's right, Extreme Rules. Um, well, well, yeah, it, we had some uh, Bray Wyatt is officially back in wrestling. That's good for everyone. I, I heard a report that he was apparently in talks with AEW at one point, which never got reported. Like, uh, but I mean, it was reported, but it wasn't really reported. Like they were like, "Hey, is he?" Yeah, they were like, oh, "What's going on with this?" But yeah. I mean. And apparently he was, but, you know, it didn't go anywhere because of money, I'm assuming. But, you know, probably I mean, it, it I would have say... to be. I can't think of a reason why he wouldn't sign if he really wanted to come back when yeah. when Triple H wasn't in charge, you know. Absolutely. And the whole the setup in D.C. for AEW this week was beautiful. This was my favorite stage setup I think we've had. I, I loved the screen being big. I, my favorite setups in AEW are when the ramp connect to the ring it i don't know dc really knocked it out the crowds on both nights crushed it and yeah i think that's a town i'd love going back to and as we dive into this week of wrestling i i think they booked a good shows i think we got some we got some interesting stuff following this and yeah so garrett if you want to take care of the uh what, what do we call it we had we some uh, orders of business to take care of at the top of the of the, of the show. Um, so first of all, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, this I'll be that Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Spotify. Make sure you go ahead and like it or subscribe slash follow slash whatever the fuck you do on those platforms to make sure you stick with this show every week and make sure you leave a review, a five star frog splash review. That is a Ray Mysterio Eddie Guerrero frog splash, not that fucking. Anyway, um, son of a bitch, Dominic. <clears throat> anyway, so um, yeah, he he. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Dominic, but uh, you've gone to the you've gone to the dark side, and I can't I can't I can't I, listen. The only way you can save yourself is to put on the mask. Anyway, um, flash forward four months from now, Dominic's wearing the mask. It, uh, it's it's my happen. ability to predict wrestling is un, is unquestionable. Um, except for when it's wrong. But anyway, um. <laughs> That being said, though, there was some really good wrestling this week. I actually thought there was a really good elevation show that we'll get to as well. Um, yes. That I'm really excited to talk about because uh, I think Tony Khan knows that I like that show a lot and that I it's like I look forward to Mondays. Mondays are made a little bit better for me by elevation. To be honest. I don't always watch it on Mondays, but knowing that it's there, it's like I can see the graphic and I'm like, oh, this guy lose on there. Oh, you know, whoever. Um, and I got some really, really cool names on there this week. We got some stars back, so. But yeah. that being said, we always like to. Um, oh, also, I forgot. Don't make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bane Duke. That's B A N E D U K E. And you can follow at Charlie. So you can follow Charlie at uh, O Charlie with an X and seven A. Wow, I I never messed that part up, and I did. All right. Anyway, um, just, what is social media? 
Dude, already 45 seconds into the show, I'm botching it. Anyway, um, but that being said, we always start the show off with talking about some things that we like. And we like to be positive here. We like to spread the love, even though I, uh, you know, even though I uh, crap on Jade every fucking week. But um, that's because I like to see things improve when I like them already. Anyway, um, we are going to start out with our favorites this week. Yes. And I believe you have the. I think you, I, I believe you're on the bump first this week to give a little nod to the boys, Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie, getting like it done it. on the mound. Oh, okay, okay. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, man. So, God, lots of matches to pick from, but there's a match that stuck out to me as my favorite. I don't know. It just it hit me different while watching it, and that was the opener to AEW Rampage. It is the first time our trio of the Blackpool Combat Club had a match together. And that trio was John Moxley, Claudio Casanoli, and Wheeler Yuta. And they took on and defeated Roosh and Private Party. Let me just say this uh, right out of the gate. I think Roosh and Moxley, the little sparring in the ring, the call-outs with the hair whip, uh, you name it. I, I think that's a special feud. And I, I'm assuming Moxley's probably not gonna have this title for too long, too much longer. So maybe you can do this for the title. Maybe you do it without the title, because we don't. Who knows what's going on with Andrade? And we'll briefly talk about that in the news. You guys know we don't spend too much time on shit like that. I didn't that. even look into it. That's how. That's how where I'm at. Like I just I'm with that. But either way, Roosh is. Fine. I'm sure you have some stuff written down about it. But like I just what a, if, what a nightmare. If we stick Roosh with Jose. Or Roosh on his own. It doesn't matter. He can yeah, be a baby I, face. Yeah, I think he's a big enough star. Yeah, he'll, he'll be fine. Agreed. He just and signed his deal officially, right? Like, I'm sure that's in yeah, news. He was, yeah, he's our latest to get the graphic. So Perfect, perfect, perfect. And by the way, I, I just didn't, yeah, I want to say I didn't even notice this. He wrestled two matches this week. He wrestled them on the same night, too. So how about yeah. that? Yeah, Roosh and, uh, had this match, and then he got it's Hangman. So you think Tony cares about him? Just yeah, a little he bit. used him on both shows this week. That, that that hardly ever happens that you get on both shows like that, like in a match. You know what I mean? Like generally, you you end up uh, in promos. I guess he doesn't really cut promos like that, but um. and and that's not all I want to talk about here. Uh, I thought Claudio looked like a million bucks again when he he did his spin move with uh oh. he had I believe Cassidy on his shoulders and he was holding Quinn. Could be reversed. It's a little. I, I I named it the airplane the air sorry the what did it, what did I call it? the airplane swing that's what I called it and it was beautiful it, it really stuck out the crowd got really into it the crowd's reaction to Moxley as champion is still unbelievable and you know at the time I wasn't too happy Moxley beat Danielson I'm I've come around to it because I mean I there was just a part of me really rooting for Danielson it's not that I don't like Moxley but I think based on the way the stories are going. With Danielson kind of doing his own thing, recruiting the fifth member of the combat club and kind of entering a different feud. Whereas Moxley now, he's wrestling Hangman and, you know, he's most likely going to wrestle MJF. The title being a Moxley, it, it makes sense. And speaking of the match, Garrett, this yes. was a this was a brief look into the trio of the combat club that I think is going to be our trio that eventually takes these titles. Now, every trio's match is now sanctioned as a trio's match under the trio's banner. Yeah. I said trio's a lot there. Even though the rankings don't exist anymore. They haven't officially said that, which is kind of funny. But the rankings haven't been updated since uh, August. So, just throwing that out there for you guys. And so, this this immediately jumps up to one of the top trios if their rankings existed. Uh, mainly because you have a world champion on your team. But 
Yeah, I, I think this really worked. Um, this is probably our last time we'll see Roosh with Private Party, which is a little sad because Private Party is going to go do their own thing now. They're going to get out of this contract one way or another. Again, whether they just do it under the under the table now with Andrade, with if Andrade is gone or well, however this happens. Do you know who we a, need to, to save Private Party from their legal troubles? We need oh, Lawyer Housing. Oh, shit. Big money, Matt. <laughs> lawyer Housing. I can see it. I can see it. Um. Yeah, this was a 10-minute match, and everyone took advantage of every opportunity here, which is something that we're going to be saying about your favorite as well. Hey, so, hey, hey, hey. um, yeah, what did you think of this one? I don't know if this was the best match of the week, but this one to me was my favorite. There's so good stuff in it, though. I mean, it, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, what'd you think of this one? And then bring us to your favorite. Yeah, airplane swing was like really, really close to winning the Simmons this week, but we're not there yet. Um, and it was like hard hitting in a nonstop pace, and that's a great way to open up Rampage, especially a Rampage that kind of had to get get through itself kind of quickly because of, of battle for the belts or battle of the belt battle, battle of the belts. I always say battle for the belts, but it's actually battle of the belts. It's really, anyway, it's confusing. It should be battle for the belts, but it's probably trademarked or something. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, so I really actually, we haven't gotten to really see it much yet, but I would like to see the Wheeler Claudio two man because, um, like that, just like that combo. I don't know why it just works really well. Maybe because one uh, no, of them is one of them small. Like I don't know, but like not that like Wheeler is small. He's like a regular sized wrestler, but just next to Claudio, everyone looks small. So um, <laughs> it's true. true. Claudio, remember when Claudio picked up Cool Hand and just left? Like he was, like, yeah, bye. Where I, I, this is my person now. I just, I'm gonna take this with me. Like, all right, cool. Um, all right, see you later, Claudio. <laughs> like, where did he take him? Like, anyway. Um, I, I like the picture like Claudio sits him down backstage and he's just arguing with him. But anyway, um, but yeah, so picking up the win with a bicep slicer. How about that? Um, yeah, that was good. Oh, my bad. Who got the pin on who? I did not say that. Uh, let me, let me, I don't have it written, but I'm, I think it was Wheeler locked in the bicep slicer. I'm assuming on, oh, on Quinn. Got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On All Quinn. Right. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> but it might not have been Wheeler. It might've been. Might have been somebody else. Um, I just know it was a six submission for the win. That's basically how I wrote it in my notes. Yeah, you to get in the revenge pin from uh, his loss on uh, Wednesday. Good. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I have. Uh, th- th- this is a really good match overall. I would say, like I, everything that the uh, the faction and Gobernable and Blackpool Combat Club are doing right now is pretty good. Um, except for the other stuff we'll get to later, I guess. But besides that, which is not an in-ring thing, and pretty much everything is great, you know. Um, I would say for both for both groups. I mean, definitely for, for the combat club, they're literally on top of the world right now. Um, but I guess which, which speaking of uh, Ingo Bernabalis, uh yes. the Jap- Japan version actually just added a new member um, today. We're recording this show today, so you guys probably listen to it Monday, Tuesday, whenever you do. Um, Japan actually just got a new member of their version of Ingobernables and is the first non-Japanese member. It is Titan. So all right. Hey, I know uh, Titan gets some hype, so I'm interested. I'm I'm still thinking we're we're gonna see some LIJ crossover with our guys in like maybe like a like a super feud one month with those guys on their side. Maybe that's how you book them against the JAS or however you're gonna maybe do maybe that's it. what you give like the, the, the super elite to do when they come back. Um, yeah. So just worth mentioning because that's kind of big. The first ever non-Japan member. 
Hell yeah, that's big stuff. All right, I guess with that being said, unless you had some more to add about that, I'm going to go ahead and take us into my favorite as well, uh, which is uh, not the match. I, if, you, if you'd have told me this would have been my favorite this week, I'd be like, okay, I could see it, but I didn't expect it. Um, we had Brian Cage taking on Wardlow for the TNT Championship. Um, so apparently, by the way, I wrote this in my notes. It was Taz that, that got uh, Brian Cage uh, signed to AW, so I know, I know who to blame now. Um. Yep, Taz with uh the FTW. Yeah, so it's your fault, Taz. Anyway, um. <laughs> anyway, I but I'm joking, of course. So in this match, they did something that I've been asking them to do with both of these guys, Charlie. You know what the best part is? Is that I've been saying this about Brian Cage for like a year now, and I didn't believe it after a while. But I was still saying I believe this guy is probably out there on the indies having banger after banger after banger, as Seamus likes to say. But I bet he's actually doing it. He's out there doing insane matches, but we just don't get to see it because it's not how Tony wants him to be. Because Tony likes anyone with muscles to be a big, meaty man that doesn't even slap meat. He just beats me. Wait, hold on. Anyway, um, <laughs> just beats me down. But anyway, um, but that wait, being said, beat me. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that being said, um, they unleashed the beasts, man. We got we got to see what Brian Cage and Wardlow are made of, and. I'm so glad that Brian Cage is as good as I thought he was because I'm sure you could find stuff where I was like, oh, I'm not into Brian Cage. Like the the one match that Brian Cage was in that I was like not really into. There was two actually. He had like a single squash, I want to say, on the Ring of Honor. Um, uh, what was the Super Show? Supercard of Honor called. That was what it's called. Sorry, Supercard of Honor. I think he had like a squash that I wasn't that into. But I that was Tony again, so you can't really, you know. But the other thing is, I've I've we've known about Wardlow. They've let him do this a couple times now. So I think at this point, they're aware that everyone wants Wardlow to have these twenty minutes. I don't know if this is twenty minutes, but I assume it was like fifteen at least. Um, maybe not even. It might have been ten, but it was a fucking great ten. Um, if it was, you know, yeah. um, even if it's only ten, like even if this was a ten minute match, I don't have the match time in front of me, or I would say, but even if it was ten, um, I. They used the time well, and it sounds like Tony is starting to listen because we got some incredible moments in this match. So I mentioned the Simmons Award earlier this week. There was a couple of moments in this match. Um, the runner-up moment was the incredible suplex off the ropes that Brian Cage hits in like all of his matches, but this one I don't think anyone expected because it was on fucking Wardlow. But this the suplex the suplex was great. But Wardlow hit a like flipping, twisting senton while Cage was standing up and it looked incredible and he sold the shit out of it. And that is, there's only one thing you could say to a move like that, Charlie. Damn. I mean, <laughs> thanks, Ron. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, like ah, I should call him Mr. Simmons. I'm definitely not Ron with him. But anyway, um, <laughs> but that being said, it was a really hard hitting match, extremely fun to watch. Give me more of this from both, please. I think this is the match that will make both of these guys' careers, ultimately. If you if you look back years down the road, I could see you looking at Brian Cage versus Warlow and being like, that was the match where both of those guys proved everybody wrong. And yeah, yeah. to prove anything wrong. I think everyone knows how good Wardlow is, but that's why we're so like over this stuff with Wardlow. And then you get the beat down from the embassy at the end. Also, I didn't mention that the embassy was accompanying Brian Cage in this match. We had Prince Nana at ringside, I believe. Um, and then we had uh, 
Gates of Agony rush the ring, and FTR make the save to set up the match at Battle for or Battle of the Belts. So, yeah. so your, your quick thoughts on well, not really your quick thoughts. You don't have to rush or anything, but just your thoughts on this match and yeah, um, Wardlow. And and here's you know o- overarching thoughts, right? Brian Cage took advantage of this opportunity. This is a guy who hasn't wrestled on AEW television since we've been covering our show. And we have done over a year's worth of shows now. No, once. You know when it was? And this is, I think I know exactly the date it was on. I believe it was at Arthur Ashe last year, and I believe it was against MJF. Hey, it, it might have been. Either way, I... If I, I don't remember talking about Brian Cage outside of Ring of Honor. One. It was it was a 10-minute match. It wasn't good, and MJF looked better. So this just reminds me, he gets he took advantage of this opportunity. Um, this immediately becomes my favorite Wardlow uh, TNT title match. I know the bar isn't crazy high for that, but I think this did pass the Orange Cassidy match for me. Um, I think Tony just uh, did a good job here, man. This... We we were talking literally fucking the day before they announced this match. And one of the things we kept saying is, where is Wardlow? What the hell is going on? Is he really going to do, you know, War Joe? No, man. Wake up. Wake the fuck up. You got Wardlow here. This is a champion. And, man, that twisting senton was beautiful. Yo. Setting up his, his finishers. Like, it was so good. And, you know, it's funny. You can, Just briefly talking Brian Cage here, you know. Yeah. When I think of Brian Cage right now, I can't help but think of, you know, when I first started really following PWG back in 2015, it was guys like Ricochet, Johnny Gargano. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of guys stuck out to me. Brian Cage, I was always like, how is this not a Vince guy? I mean, this guy is fucking huge, moves like a machine. He's the unbreakable fucking machine. Years later, I catch myself watching Twitch. And I'm watching Wrestle Circus live, and the main event is Brian Cage versus Mr. Shane Strickland. God, I fucking love Shane Strickland. Uh, our our good buddy Swerve. Swerve, and it just I was always like, man, this guy is fucking legit. It's it's one of those things, you know. He's been bouncing around for years. He's had he had a run in AEW with the FTW Championship. But he's been do, gone, man. And do you want to blow your mind really quickly? I forgot completely blanked on this. He was he was on Rampage within the last two months. He was in the he was in the Golden Ticket Battle. Yeah, Royal. he was in the Battle Royal. Yeah, which I, I, I remember that. Know. That's I, all I remember. I, I, I didn't I didn't remember. So and before that, I, I well, because we pointed out. I remember we pointed out on the show we we're like Brian Cage was in this. Uh, so he was on Ring of Honor Supercard, which I talked about. Um, yeah, is this his galactic return? The last match he played. It, oh my God, Charlie! It was on. Uh, I think October 25th or yeah, October 25th of 2021 was his last match. And that was a dark match. Probably that never aired because it was him versus Serpentico. And I don't remember that match. So, yeah. So I'm very curious if we're going to see him in the, in the ring more. Uh, I hope so. I, this proved to me that they should use Brian cage more, but they just got to make sure they give the match by the time. Way, uh, RIP wrestle circus. Uh, that was, a, hey. that was a fun little, little uh, promotion there. And, 
God, uh, Shane. Uh, Don't get attached to the little promotions, man. They come and they go fast. They, they come and they go. I mean, Swerve, Brian Cage was always on that end. Uh, the other guy I always remember is another AEW. Bro, that's how I discovered Noam Dar was those tiny little promotions, though. Like, he was. I never heard of the guy. And then just like. Out well, we got that promotion on Texas. I can't think of the name of it right now that uh, where Bounty Hunter uh, Brian Keith is running things. And yeah, I, I, I'm surprised he hasn't had a little AEW one off here. Maybe when they go to Texas, they'll get him on a dark. Like we've seen with Trisha Dora lately. I, I, I can't believe Trisha Dora is not picked up. But all right, moving on here, Garrett. Let's jump into some news, man. Um, some stuffs. Because <clears throat> we got a lot of matches to talk about today. Uh, Kicking us off with news, we had Bandito. And it's a little bit of disputes about his contract. A report broke Wednesday that he did sign with AEW. Uh, but Mass Lucha was able to confirm he has not yet. Um, but the Bandito bidding war has begun. So yeah. both AEW wants him. WWE has confirmed an offer. I'm not surprised at this. I kind of always thought this would happen with him. And as now we got like a major spot on TV where people would be watching. Like yeah, yeah, and now Triple H is in the game. I, I, I'm not surprised at this at all. So yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, and then a story that broke about an hour before we uh, we started recording: the Good Brothers, uh, Brian Alvarez. My bad. PW Insider uh, reported on Monday that, according to multiple sources within WWE, the Good Brothers are headed back to uh, WWE. So this is, you know, we we saw them work in AEW last year, and the whole Impact thing dropped off, and then we didn't hear from them again. Yeah, it's not like the Impact stars. Obviously, Angelico is still involved with AEW, and you know we might see Jack Evans make a return at some point. I expect we will when Jack Evans is repackaged at some point. Um but uh, I will say it doesn't surprise me that much because, like you said, they worked in AEW. They were mostly background pieces of the part of the elite faction that came along with Don Callis and would kind of come and go with Don Callis, uh, which makes sense because I think Don Callis is still like heavily involved over at Impact, right? So, um, as far as I, I, I am not sure. I don't know. I, I I know at one point he was like a big wig up there, but I don't know like what the position you would call. But anyway. Anyway, I know I know very involved, but I just don't know how involved Don Callis actually is. But anyway, um, anyway, my point is they're obviously like kind of like a side piece to an already ridiculously big faction when you, you factor in all the New Japan people. And so, um, if Tony wasn't going to sign them then to you know so they could be a piece, even if they were just going to be used as a side piece, like we have plenty of people. And this is not a knock on 2.0, but right now they are kind of just objects that are in the ring with jericho you know for the most part they do other stuff but you know yeah. Menard's on commentary on elevation and angelo is coming out for matches with anna jas you know what i mean so um i'm not surprised to see that it's wwe that's going to be signing them because they, they will sign people like, that they don't want to use you know it seems like a no-brainer right now to stick them back with aj styles and let him feud with uh, finn balor in the judgment day when 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 John Cena comes back for his match for SummerSlam or WrestleMania this year, and uh, he says uh, they're going to beat up John Cena again, beat up John Cena. That was a, that was some good stuff. Um, so the Good Brothers off the market, and then I'm going to say that for last, John Moxley has signed a five year extension with AEW that has been confirmed by all parties. That's I mean hey, great news. I also saw a report that um I don't know if this is actually true or not so you know keep that in mind I always just bring up the news that I hear um but I I heard that uh, <laughs> Renee might be making her way to AEW as well I don't know funny enough 
that was our next thing. Oh, there you go. The report also kind of goes on to state Renee Paquette believed to be heading to AEW. So, yeah. <laughs> you think they would just fold uh, like um, the sessions in as part of? I obviously it would still be her podcast and brand, but do you think they would just like consider that like an AEW? Uh, if they make that official AEW podcast, before they make us an official AEW podcast, I'm done. No, I'm just kidding. Pissed. <laughs> Over no, it. That'd be awesome. Uh, I mean, look, coming for you, Shabani. Shabani. So, I mean, look, Renee, she's a great hand, and yeah. Um, we're gonna save that for last. And all right, so New Japan Pro Wrestling, during their declaration of power, they uh, announced a new world TV title. So, this is going to be a social media title. It will be fifteen minute time limits. Oh for God. Each match. <laughs> And each title match will be posted on New Japan Pro Wrestling's social media accounts. A tournament to crown our first champion will take place in the future. The idea here is that um, this will be a championship aired for younger talent with an emphasis on speed. Oh, you said younger talent. Oh, so it's the Brian Myers can't win the other internet championship. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no. uh, I think Titan is going to be like one of the first guys going for this tournament, for example. So... 15-minute matches, wanting to be on social media. I think it's an interesting idea, for sure. It's an interesting idea. Garrett, this is the TikTok championship. I'm, I'm dubbing uh, it. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. The TikTok championship. Oh, no. <laughs> but the matches I mean, only look, are 15 man, minute this is... time. So a 15-minute limit. So I wonder if, like, they'll have – you know what? That, I would just abuse the crap out of that time limit. I would make every match 15 minutes and just they all go to the distance unless the title's going to change. That would be. I know that sounds really uh, silly, I could see but Japan doing that. To be honest, I could see that feeling very more sports-like because how many? I mean, to be honest, though, how many actual boxing matches or MMA fights do you see that do go the distance? It's not that common, so I guess uh, it depends on what they want to go for, you know. But it does feel like the kind of championship you would have had in like New Japan, where all Japan back in the day, you know, like when they had like all those invitational championships, where it'd be like we're gonna have one tournament and so, not be a champion, but everyone's gonna be in it. It's gonna be all banger matches, you know, like. Uh, yeah, I can see that. So this is New Japan's twelfth title, and this will also be. So the champion won't be crowned until January fourth. So it will not be the first champion of their next title. They have two titles announced right now with no champions. That is the IWGP Women's Championship, which will be crowned um, November twentieth. Wait, we'll how the hell? Out. Wait, where the so they're going to start signing women in New Japan now? I guess so. I mean, hey, that's, I mean, they've uh, got to be just like partnering with like Stardom or someone like that because there's no yes, way they're going to. No, it is something with Stardom. Oh, okay, correct. that makes sense because Stardom is basically the New it Japan is the Stardom of women's wrestling competing for this title. Because like, if. Because if you if you talk if you listen to women's wrestlers in America and around the world for the most part, like I didn't even know this, Charlie. If you don't live in America, Stardom is basically the only place you can go to get your start for the most part. Like more more or less, like in the international scene, if you want to get known and noticed, that's where you have to go. And it's not like immediately something where you can just go to. So you have to like build up your name somehow and then get it known and then go to Stardom. So. Every major wrestler in AEW that's in the women's division has wrestled in stardom. So the fact that that's happening is, I think, good, especially because AEW has a good relationship with New Japan. Um, and I would like to see them just not just be Tokyo Joshi Pro. I want them to have a relationship with stardom as well because there's so much great talent there. Like, Yeah, and, and that's a good start. I mean, look, hey, so 
I think this TikTok title will we'll see what happens with it, right? I mean, they're going to crown the first champion January fourth, so at Wrestle Kingdom. You think this is something they would put on like Shota or something? They could. I, I mean, I would. Yeah, any of these young lions that have recently graduated, this is who you put this on. So, okay. Give Shooter a title, you know. Give Moxley a little bit of send little, it little, in. Like, Moxley's mentee, you know. Send it in. Absolutely. Um, so, um, yeah. So that's it for our news. Actually, J.K. We have one last thing. Uh, yeah, I de- okay. definitely didn't mean to add it like that. Um, <laughs> so we're not really going to spend too much time on this because guess what? It's literally from TMZ. We don't like to spend a lot of time on TMZ, but it's worth mentioning because it is one of our favorite guys. Andrade got in a backstage fight with Sammy Guevara. The details are still kind of surfacing, it feels like. Can I just say, get the fuck, get Sammy out of this fucking company, bro. This is twice two different people. I'm sorry, there is a common denominator here. Yeah, and and Sammy got the fucking main event win the night this happened. I mean, this guy is just a PR problem. He's a PR nightmare. He said some shit about Sasha. Did you hear that he said some stupid shit again like literally a few months ago? Like, I think, like... I like, wouldn't doubt it. I, I, I forget what it was. And I don't want to... Let me just clarify that. I don't know what exactly it was that I was just remembering there. So I don't want to bury Sammy in that for something that he maybe didn't even say. But, like, I remember him hearing somebody say, like, he's saying dumb stuff again. Like, and, like, I just, like, I don't know, man. Like, I, you got to be better. Like, you can't be getting into backstage fights. I don't we, care if you're in the right both times, Sammy. This doesn't look good that you're constantly having to, like, get punched in the face and people get sent home because you can't, like, I, well, what is the deal? Like, it doesn't just happen. I know. Close. How can this keep happening? Uh, I think Ricky Stark said it best. He said, can everyone just shut the fuck up? literally ricky dude ricky knows ricky, ricky knows. knows so i mean look they sent andrade home if this is andrade's attempt to get fired it's pathetic but i i, can't I love be andrade. I, can i be honest with everybody that says that uh, y- y'all are like have lost your minds why would somebody that is trying to get hired by triple h a guy who values loyalty and honestly doing business with each other and not doing that kind of bs i'm not he saying said, that it seems h- unbelievable that he would but if this is keyword if Trying to get it's hired really by the biggest wrestling bad. company in the world. I'm going to screw the the second biggest wrestling promoter in the world out of a contract by getting into a fight. That doesn't make any sense because that's exactly the anti-bullying kind of stuff that, that WWE wouldn't want. So, like, uh, just what a nightmare. Yeah, what a nightmare this, story. Is a, this is another PR nightmare. And, yeah, uh, straight up, they... I hope this is the last time we see shit like this. Well, and- can I just say it's ridiculous that both CM Punk and the Elite, and I understand it's a completely different situation. It's ridiculous that they get into a backstage scuffle, all of them get suspended. I understand they're all a lot more important people in the company. Not to say anything bad about Sammy or Andrade, but just the way the pecking order is, or at least was at that time. Like it was your world champion and your EVPs. And but Eddie Kingston gets sent home. Okay, Andrade gets sent home. Sammy Guevara wrestles this week. I understand he was in the main event. Anyways. But, but like, are we serious here? Yeah, it's it's pathetic. It's a terrible so, look that you let him. Yeah, let's uh, Tony. Just you need to like hire a whole fucking firm or something. I don't know. You got to figure this shit out. This can't Stokely, keep happening. Get Stokely on it. Literally. So that being said, Garrett, you were kind of hyping up your elevation. Let's hop into it. AEW Dark yeah. Elevation, episode number 83, opening up 
with a banger of a women's match between Sky Blue and Trisha Dora. And uh, Sky is just continuing to become more and more. And the word I wrote in my notes, Charlie, is refined and polished. Ooh, okay. Those are two words that I would use to describe Sky Blue at this point. She's just getting better and better. The reps are starting to add up. It's great. They had some good back and forth. I still like Trisha Dora. Then she picks up the win with the Skyfall. Um, nice little segment on AEW heels. Uh, again, no, I never know when I should and shouldn't bring these up, so I'm just going to start bringing them up all the time. And if they don't matter, they don't matter. But uh, AEW heels looks to be doing some really good things. And uh, shout out to the AEW community team. They don't feel like they get enough love. Um, we had Brian Cage with Prince Nana taking on Tracy Williams. They had a nice little technicality to the start there. Uh, Brian Cage. Uh, actually has a lot of upside. I'm starting to notice now. I, I wrote that in my notes when I went back and I actually watched this after I think. Um, so I was still pretty, pretty up on him, Brian Cage. But uh, it's a little competitive for a dark match, and it picks up the win with a drill claw. And um, I don't remember when in the show this happened on the commentary. By the way, I forgot to mention it was Paul White and Ian Riccoboni on commentary this week, uh, which was interesting. Um, yeah. We got another reference to Captain Insano, and then Charlie, I just have to. I keep gonna keep bringing it up until it happens. Are, are you are you are you ready for Captain Insano when they have it happen? In I am not ready, but I will be. Okay. I, I listen. If Paul White has been training for six months and comes out as Captain Insano, well, maybe not six months. Like has been training this whole time and comes out as Captain Insano, and it's awesome. It'll be awesome, but it better be a one-off thing, you know. Uh Anyway, we had Cheeseburger, and oh boy, Charlie, Cheeseburger was taken on. Everybody dies. Lance Archer, and um, he stared he stared into Cheeseburger's soul to the point that he literally wouldn't even, he was going to leave. He was like, all right, you know, actually, I'm, I'm good. I, I, I don't need this. You know, I got, <laughs> I got family, you know, like, and uh, he almost suplexed him out of the ring, um, and then he picked up the win with the blackout. All right, we had Abaddon on AEW Dark Elevation this week, picking up a squash win. And um, I, I, something I pointed out to you in um, our messages and something I've pointed out on this podcast over the last several appearances of Abaddon is I like that she's changed her makeup to show a little bit more of what she actually looks like under there. It's, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed. Let me just say this. I want to be 1,000% clear. The reason why I wanted to see what she looked like it's because it was so good before. Like, I couldn't see what she looked like under there. She looked like a monster, which was great. But oh, I feel yeah, like literally. I, I couldn't see her facial expressions while she was wrestling. And that was more my concern um, than anything, which hopefully that's the reason why it changed. And not just because maybe she thought, like, I thought it looked bad or someone else out there thought it looked bad. But, or, you know, the fans did. It didn't, though. It looked incredible. I just, I wanted to see what she looked like under there. And she looks great. And she's super talented, dude. And um, she picks up the woman to like Dahlia. I, I really want to see them actually do something with Abaddon. I don't know who you would have her. The problem is, and I, I think you would agree with this, I don't know who you have her wrestle because her character is hard to put against somebody and make work. You know, it's kind of like the Malachi Black, the Finn Balor when he was the demon problem. That character is so hard to do well against people that I don't know what you do. But anyway uh enjoying abaddon lately though we got a little hype video for brian cage uh brian cage is letting you know that uh there is a, who's gonna be brian cage is no one you know or whatever the hell this line is i don't really know um but then my my I think probably my favorite match of the show we had dalton castle and the boys taking on primal fear i love that we're getting all these little random ring trios on here i dig it you know yeah. um maybe some of them will get signed who knows 
the people the peacock and pro wrestling out here doing the thing um i think my new dream match charlie is uh dalton castle versus orange cassidy um just can you imagine that match my god i um easy money and uh bring me a boy anyway um (laughs) picked up the win with the bangerang such a great finish by the way also another dream match him versus John Silver, Spin Doctor versus Bangarang. Also, also another dream match. Orange Cassidy versus anyone. All right. Anyway, um, so <laughs> Orange Cassidy versus the paper bag. All right. Anyway, uh, we had Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford picking up another win here in a mixed tag match. Um, I'm still pulling for them to main event uh, against either Ortiz and Ruby or Evi and Balian Aki in a mixed tag match uh, on elevation. I'm I'm still pulling for that. So I'll keep saying it. It was a super bad cutter. And oh, by the way, they're still taking advantage of the mixed tag rules where you have to like, where there's like a delayed two seconds where you have to tag in and then where Penelope's just like, nah, but I'm, I'm still going to wrestle you though. Um, <laughs> like, nah, I'm good. Nah, nah, nah. We'll, we'll take care of this. And then uh, the super bad cutter and the Muda Lock for the win. Um, I'd like to see them do something with these two men. They're both like good. I've seen people say maybe them versus, um, you know, Sammy and Ty for the, uh, you know, for them, the, those uh, mixed tag strap straps, strap the rockets on them, brother, 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 brother. anyway. Um, so we had Dante Martin and Tony Deppin taking on the Lucha Bros with Alex Abrantes and, uh, Dude, incredible gear for Penta on this show. Dude, Penta's got to stop giving away this gear on Dark. I'm sorry. Like, dude, he really he just has the best gear. It, it, he must just have like a rack of gear that's just from like random AAA shows that no one actually from America saw, so he can just bring them back out. You know, like I mean, people from America saw people like that aren't like super connected into wrestling saw. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, uh, but he looked like a fucking silver. Like he looked like Shredder or Silver Samurai. I don't know what he was going for, but it was fucking incredible. Um, and we had Penta trying to do the Zero and Penta Deppin was like, no. And we had uh, the glove catch. That was good. Um, the Uno Dos Trace on, yeah, they hit the Uno Dos Trace and then the Cazadora combo on the Cazadora combo on Dante. And they picked up the win with the Fear Factor. So a nice little win there for the Lucha Bros. And we had the factory solo Carter, big sexy Nick Camarado, and QT Marshall taking on the best friends Danhausen and Rocky Romero. So this must have been from a little while back because of Rocky being in wrestling. Um, so I have no idea where this is from, but uh, it started off a little slow. And I've changed the way I used to. I used to only write that if it if it picked up toward the end. Sometimes I would delete that from my notes. I'm just gonna start leaving it in there because if I ever felt that, it's honest. I feel like I should honestly say that, you know. Um and uh Chucky T got a hot tag Kentucky Jekyll the Kentucky gentleman had a really nice hot tag in there and it picked up toward the middle and we picked up the win with the combo strong zero from Danhausen and uh obviously Trent Beretta with the strong zero actual move there and picked up the win and that was a W Dark Elevation take us through Dark 164 Charlie. Thank you, thank you, sir. Uh, we had 10 matches at AEW Dark this week. This was taped in August, so it was a little old. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Marina Shafir kicks us off with a quick victory. She had a quick tap out with her signature arm-leg combination over C.O. Nieves. Ari Davari with the Trust Busters defeated A.R. Fox. 
Hey, man. Shout out seeing AR Fox also talking about a throwback to Wrestle Circus. Uh, also, on the commentary for this, Hook was a D1 lacrosse star, apparently. <clears throat> I didn't know that. So. I mean, he wasn't D1, but he would have been D1, I guess. Oh, okay. You know, Hook, I, Hook I the athlete. Hell of an athlete. Hell of an athlete. Tony Nice and Josh Woods defeat Rohit Raju and Invictus Cash. Woods and Nice hitting their uh, assisted neckbreaker slam on Cash for the win. Not bad. Abaddon defeated Free Estates. Uh, I happened to be watching this match, and uh, someone walked out and saw me watching this, and they had no idea what was going on. And I tried to just explain that's a real demon. And that's just... Yeah, you had to explain that. That's the only Abaddon, way to explain it. Abaddon haunts your dreams and that you, you can't escape. Um, yeah. And that's just that's what you got to roll with. Exactly. Um, she hit the signature Black Dahlia move for yet another win. Yeah. Slim J. With the Trustbusters, defeated our boy Blake Christian All Heart. Watching exactly. that fucking mic doing that. Uh, <laughs> Taz buried the motherfuckers in the crowd again. Thank you, Taz. Thank you, Taz. Yeah, this was a uh, pretty solid man. I mean, blah, not like some massive fan of Slim J's solo work, but you know, when you're in there with someone like as talented as Blake Christian, you're, you'll look fine. Yeah, you'll have a good match. By the way, you missed uh, one little tiny segment. The Renegades had a little promo deal where they denied the Killer Bee switch and they claimed to be one person. So that, <laughs> I thought we'd share awesome. that. I thought, okay. I thought I'd share that with everybody. Yeah, I, I didn't have that written down. Most people, I think, skip immediately it. if it goes to something that's not a match card, they immediately skip because there's a lot of, obviously, ads in the middle. But I always just wait and see, see if they're going to cut to something. And they sometimes will have these little promos in there. And they, I forget who it was, the interviewer, but they, yeah, they were, they're like, we're, we are one person. We are one person. I'm like, okay, that's, that's what they're going with. Okay. I, I love the Renegades, man. Seriously. I, I love them. Uh, the Wingman, Ryan Emmett and Cesar Bononi, defeated Eli Eason and Chris Farrow. I see the Wingman picking up some victories. I uh, see Nemeth. Eli Eason getting some love also. Yeah. Nemeth hit a Ooh. neckbreaker for the successful three count. So, uh, good brother Parker Boudreaux picked up a victory over Terry Kidd. Um, it didn't look any different from any Parker Boudreaux match if you've ever, if you've ever seen one. Yep. He had a running splash for the win. Uh, I got nothing. Nope. I think there's, there is a world where he's like a serious fucking heater, and but it's not going to be in the Trustbusters. Ace Lesnar. Yeah, like he, he's a heater. I just don't know. I don't know how you do it. And or I, I just can't it. ever get past that he looks like if Brock Lesnar had John Laurinaitis' head on it. I just can't get past it. You know what? I could see Jericho trying to recruit this guy to the JAS. <laughs> Imagine he just steals his entire faction. I could see something. Hey, they might try something. So, speaking of uh, some younger talents, let's get a. Uh, we got Sky Blue. She was facing Robin Renegade. So basically, yeah, this this came after the reports of cheating. Uh, Blue was ass- assaulted by Renegade during her entrance, which coincided with the bell ringing. Renegade maintained control for a few moments as she delivered some chops right before following up with a backstabber. Blue kept trying to make attempts to get back in the match. Finally, she hit a running high knee. This was followed by the Skyfall, which scored her the victory. So, Sky Blue and the Renegade Twins, man. I mean... It's what AEW Dark is for, right? Some of our younger that talents. Sounds like a band, reps. by the way. What's that? That sounds like a band, by the way. Sky Blue and the Renegade Twins. Too. Son of a bitch, it does. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, this is what Dark is for. It's it's reps like this. 
Yeah, no, Sky Blue keeps rolling, and I think that the Renegade Twins represent a lot of potential. They're both super young, right? It's like, and It's, like, unbelievably young. And yet they're both pretty solidly, like, they can wrestle a not terrible match, which is incredible for their age, though, you know? like It's like, remember, how old was uh was Tyler Bate when he first got, like, won in the championship? 19. Like, that, so. It's that level of stuff here, I think. Like, not yeah, that level they, of skill. I don't think he had been wrestling for way longer than he should have been at that age at that point. But I'm saying, like, in terms of ceiling, because that's the thing everyone always talked about with Tyler Bate is his ceiling, especially winning the title as young as he did, you know, like. So I think they yeah, have the Renegade Twins. They they're 22. Uh, they've been wrestling for two years, and they've been getting trained from by QT Marshall for two years. So, you know, the reps are there. They have a really cool. Uh, if anyone's actually interested in the Renegade Twins, they they did a, a taco vlog with Thunder Rosa. Ooh, Thunder Rosa I'll have to check that here. out. I wonder what she's up to lately because I'm sure she's having like a rough time being away, watching everyone have a success. And yeah, stuff. so she did a taco vlog with them, and it just kind of I don't know, maybe even more of a fan of them as people instead of you know so it, it makes me want to root for them more we got the iron savages uh formerly known as buried country who defeated who defeated uh very morales and levy Velen, Venezuela, which was so this was fairly quick Can i here. just say that their manager is like the worst manager in aw history yeah that manager makes them feel like you know what he you know what sucked he just he, you know what he did he did paul Heyman shtick when he came out yeah, it's not good. Get him away from that. No. Ah, man. Can they not do anything good for Buried Country? I just don't understand. Like, It's not feeling like it. Look, you got to have someone to lose. If it's going to be them, just let it be them, Tony. Don't call them the fucking Iron Savages. You're just going to have them lose. All this to get beat. It takes us to our main event match, which was teed up last week. Dante Martin and Matt Seidel, they defeated the Workhorsemen. I mean, you know me. I, I love Dante Martin. I love Matt Seidel. J.D. Drake's a solid dude. And Anthony Henry is someone I feel like has some serious potential. Um, not as good I, as the I, No, Dante I've seen Martin. enough from Anthony Henry. Anthony Henry is one of my guys at this point. Like, I, I, I can see that. I, I mean, him and him and Dante tore the house down on Dark last week. Exactly. So. That's that's one of those matches that I'm like, oh, that's going to be in my – I'm going to have to consider that for Dark matches of the year. You know, like that's – So as the match gets going here, uh, Dante Martin had some serious momentum. The workhorsemen began to shut that down. They started working as a in tandem as a unit. Henry hit his signature running knee strike in the corner, but when Drake went up for the moonsault, Seidel sprung out of nowhere and took out both of them. Seidel then planted Drake with a roundhouse kick before Martin hit a nosedive for the victory to end this week's show, which we are out of Universal for next week. Um, next week is actually going to be pretty good on both Elevation and Dark. We had some big matches, some big names. I mean, I can live rampage lot. always delivers us a good dark the next week, at least with some decent talent because it's live. Yes, we have champions on dark next week. Yeah, fuck it. Tony Storm's on dark next week. So it's things like that. I believe, I believe uh, Dalton Castle and the boys are on both shows. So if you guys are interested, maybe you just watch dark and you're watching our show now and you're like, dude, I just fucking bring me a boy. <laughs> Give me the meat and give it to me raw. Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> shout out the rings of power. Uh, that, that is one of my favorites. Um, favorite lines ever. Ram. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> full fucking so Ram let's Ram jump into uh, AW Dynamite. 
AW Dynamite. And, oh, fucking speaking of Ram Ranch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and yeah, so we kind of open up with uh, Excalibur welcoming us to the third anniversary of AW alongside with Tony Taz, and Lord William Regal. MJF's the first one up. And Garrett, we jump into MJF versus Wheeler Yuta. I know you were really into this match. So, yeah, this was almost my this favorite one? this week. This was really close. Um, this might have been the best match this week, um, like overall. Um, MJF and Wheeler Yuta had little mini rivals. I like kind of like that. They came up together on the indies. People should have more rivals like that. I feel like I, I feel like Swerve's got at least like four guys like that in AEW. Like Darby and Darby would be the one actually. Didn't him and Darby over in Defy have like a whole thing going for a little while? I believe so. Yeah, Darby's definitely one of those Defy guys. God, I cannot wait for him and Darby to finally like because they've already like I think he like called Swerve out at one point to be like, yo, you're a dick. Just like randomly on the mic once or something. I forget. Or maybe not. Maybe that was literally I'm just remembering the Defy promo, but um anyway my point is that by the way that segment if any of you haven't seen it go back and watch i think it's still on defy's youtube channel where uh swerve comes back to defy back before he'd signed with AEW, right after he'd been released and it's when nick wayne gets his contract for AEW at like 16 17 years old and then also swerve comes out and they also hint that he was going to get signed i remember telling you that i saw that swerve was about to get signed and i was like Bro, if they sign Swerve, they'll have me because he was one of my favorite NXT breakout tournament stars. Anyway, I'm getting really sidetracked here, though. MJF versus Wheeler Yuta, that's kind of like that, though. Like, if you want a vibe, go watch that and just the way they looked at each other. And that's kind of the kind of rivalry I feel like they have. By the way, William Regal apparently sets people on fire for fun. So I guess we should look into that. Literally, he does. I think he admitted arson. Yeah, so um, I had to look into that. They just seemed like they were really smooth together, which I guess if you wrestled each other a bajillion times in the Indies, you would be. Um, we got German Suplex City from Wheeler. Both were selling like crazy. The pow- which is not something that MJF always does. Sometimes he wants to get a dominant win, you know, um, which I understand. And we had the power bomb backbreaker, which is just a great looking move. Um, they had that sequence of pinfalls, which was just insane. Um, which almost won that. That itself almost was the Simmons Award this week. That crazy sequence of pinfall changes that they went for. Oh my um, god, so good. It's something that I didn't even realize I I hadn't even picked up on that MJF also loves to do because he also did it with like, I think, who else did he do it with? He did it with somebody else. Maybe it was Punk. I forget. Someone else did it with him and uh, it was awesome. But anyway, so they had to reverse. Oh, and then that got. So there was a dude, there was this sequence, Charlie. So they had that sequence of pins, which then led into a series of tombstone pile drive or reversals, which then led into a reversal chain of Kaze Doras. Which oh my then God. went for a two count. This just such a fucking wrestling just super oh, match here. Oh, and not to mention Wheeler Yuta frog splashed across <laughs> the entire ring. Basically, this was an incredible match. This could go. This this might have to be one of those matches you factor into your dynamite matches of the year. This was an incredible match. And um, there's some people, Garrett, who yeah. still don't think Max can wrestle. Wait, there's people out there that think that. Yep, they, he still Ooh. gets shit for only being able. I feel like it's you know the people that uh, just hate on AEW for being AEW, but that's one of the things they constantly throw oh, up. Fedhead freaks. All okay. he can do is talk. He can't. We need the Fedhead freaks out of this. MJF is a great wrestler. Anyway, um, so but what an opening to this show, and then Regal scaring off MJF trying to do the beatdown with the brass oh, nuts. Brass nuts, so good. Good stuff. What yeah, I mean, Charlie? you pretty much you covered about everything I could imagine. I thought this was well executed. I thought the post-match uh, little tease there with MJF maybe shaking the hand, but the firm came out. Nice little touch. 
And yeah, hey, great job, great job. Uh, you got it all there for me. So yeah, I, I'm not opposed to heels shaking the hands of a guy. Like sometimes you earn someone's respect, even if you really don't like each other and you're a bad person. It's not like MJF is like a fucking son of a bitch can respect getting his ass beat. Like for real, man. Like yeah, and anyway. yeah, I like that they touched that. Uh, video package between Danielson, uh, the whole tag match for the main event. Mm-hmm. Darby Allen defeated Jay Lethal. So this was a little bit of a quicker match, um, but it, it got it got all their shit in. Uh, uh, the Jay Avalanche Lethal's, Dragon Screw, bro. Oof. Beauty. Uh, Jay Lethal's henchmen were not in the ring for this match. The whole gimmick was that they be to the side. So Darby and Jay, you know, this was kind of uh, a very different style match from our last one. They were just doing everything. And yeah. whether it was Jay Lethal hitting a Super Dragon screw out of a corner, slapping on the figure four, you know, he then goes for his lethal injection. Alan responds, hits a goddamn code red. You know, yeah. Alan ends up hitting the Last Supper for the victory, but this is kind of after um, Satnam Singh and uh, I'm blanking. Sanjay, uh, Dutt. Sanjay Dutt came out and. Jay Lethal's like, what the fuck, guys? Get out of here, bro. We don't need you anymore. We don't need you, motherfuckers. You know, get, the, get, get the fuck out of here. You know, we don't need you. Get out of here. Get and, the hell uh, Darby Allen picking up a victory. I mean, that's the endless. We say that every week, right? Darby Allen. Uh, not every week. Me. Sometimes Darby does lose. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, Darby's a very consistent dub. And he's he's someone that's always been protected in this company. Jay Lethal is also a pretty consistent L lately. To be Son honest. of a bitch. I wanted to mention... Uh, Fuck during the during the news, this seemed kind of reflected because you know Jay Lethal and Darby shouldn't they be ranked, right? You think about that. So during the news, uh, I kind of want to mention something we touched on at the beginning. You know what's going on with the rankings. Tony actually did address that uh, this week. He said, "I haven't updated the rankings lately because I think they've been so fluid coming out of the Grand Slam tournament. The champions in particular, it's a fluid situation coming out of Grand Slam, and I think now I'm reevaluating it and quite possibly could bring them back soon." but certainly made a lot of changes for the better that led to our best ratings of the year in many ways, because we really zoned in and have had, I think a lot of the best shows in recent months. So he did address that. I want to make sure we toss that out there because we did talk about it. If they come back with a new system, you know, maybe have their champions get their own system. Don't toss all the male champions in one with those rankings. Don't toss the feet. Cause you know, how are we going to determine who faces Jade and, and Tony, if well, if you, you know, just if, signed, you get put in the TMBS championship. You yeah, it's like unless unless know. unless you're Soraya. There you go. Then you can just fight Britt Baker. Send it in. So yeah, uh, we had an NBC video package. Good stuff. Oh, oh, do you want to touch on anything from that match? Sorry. Uh, no, no, I didn't have much written down. Okay, and then we dumped to do Wardlow and Brian Cage, which we already touched. <laughs> We touched the post-match angle, which set up our following stuff. Donna Britt Baker, she addressed the fans. You know, Soraya won't be wrestling in AEW. And uh, did I say it wrong? Which way is it? It's Soraya, right? Yes. Okay. Fuck, it's in my head now. Uh, Soraya. She said they need to ship Soraya off. This is her house now. Followed it up with DMD. All right, Garrett. I'm going to let you take the lead here. We got Tony Storm, Athena, Willow Nightingale, with Soraya, who took on Jamie Hayter, Serena Deeb, and Penelope Ford with Kip Sabian, Dr. Rick Baker, and Rebel. Nine women in one segment. I think that's something uh, 
It's a very That's WWE really move. Put all the women in one segment, right? It, um, it can be seen as that, but we don't see this in AW often. So it's kind of nice to get a lot of people out there. And I can't believe we got the pin here. So yeah, you take the lead on this. Oh, uh, you might have to remind me about that because I don't remember. But um, the yeah, we had Tony Athena Willow and uh, taking on Jamie Sarita and Penelope. So we had a nice big pop for Jamie Hater. We had Soraya joining the commentary slash like I guess she was. I thought she was going to join commentary. She just went to ringside. That was odd, but whatever. Um, whatever, whatever it takes, I guess. Um, they had a nice little triple combo move by the good guy. I just call them the good guys. The the, the baby face team had a nice little triple combo. <laughs> the baby faces, yeah. Um, I actually wrote this down in my notes, which is I wrote this down before I had obviously watched later in the show, and I was writing in my notes as this was happening. Like, I wonder if Willow could be the one that beats Jade. Anyway, we'll come back to that, I guess. But um, we had Penelope counter, uh, you know, uh, her own fall into a cutter, which is one of the most incredible saves I think I've ever seen in pro wrestling. When someone was falling, so that's talent. Like straight up, that like, is fucking talent. We got to stop saying, "Oh, she's improved so much." No, she's she's might be better than some of the other wrestlers at this point. Like just purely, just from how much she's improved. Like, I think I think you got to stop talking about it that way. I think the same thing with Anna J. You know, I think they're both there. You know, um, well, that's a match I want to see now. Thank you, please. Anyway, um, Anna J. A. S. Um, but anyway, that being said, um, I just a really physical match. And the giant story at the end of this is obviously something we'll get to in just a second. But I just think it's crazy that you can stick all of these people in a match, many of whom, you know, I, by the way, I love that Willow is getting like the, the royal treatment right now because they've kind of treated her like crap over the last. So like she's been wrestling like on Dark and on Ring of Honor and wherever they needed her, she just filled a spot. And they just haven't really done much. They may give her like a few opportunities, but like not many that she was ever going to do anything with, uh, you know, like, so I just love seeing her get this spot. Penelope continues to roll on just having match after match. It's great. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on this as well. But the the big story at the end of this, Charlie, we had DMD staring down Soraya in the ring. And we're all wondering to ourselves, is it possible? Is there any chance, Charlie, that we're going to get Soraya being physical in AEW? And the fists start flying, and she's hitting her in the head. So, I mean, and it's not a head injury. I think but... definitely we're going to get the match at full gear. That's a month yes. away. It makes sense. So we didn't Will... talk about it in news. I guess she did, again, corroborate the story at your own at your own risk, everybody. But I think she has said that she's going to be – that she's cleared, that she's not going to get super physical like she used to, but that she's going to be able to wrestle. So I don't as know what that means. As long as she mean. can lock in that badass mission. But she's, but she's taking care of herself. So anyone out there that's concerned. And also in the thing that she said that I thought was really important was that she hadn't been trying to get cleared for years by WWE. She had never even had the conversation. That's so a good it's touch, not like yeah. she didn't get confirmed as cleared for years and years and years. And then someone found a doctor so she could wrestle again. I want that narrative yeah. to die immediately now that that has come out. And by the way, three months from now, I can hear that that was actually untrue and that she actually did get cleared that way. And then she has a broken neck and she can never walk again. Right. Maybe that happens. I really hope that's not the case because that would 1000% kill AEW. Um, yeah, we don't need that to happen. With everything that happens, if that happens in the same year, that it's done, you know. Um, but uh, I tell you, man, I'm, I, I do want to hear your thoughts, but I'm really excited by this, especially with Soraya being able to get physical and potentially having some matches here. Yeah, I love the idea of Soraya 
hitting the ring again. I think that's a big move for AEW. I think that's a big move for her. Get back out there. I mean, she retired so young after being one of the you know hottest commodities in women's wrestling. But Willow here getting the pin in this big moment, uh, pinning uh, Ford was this is huge for Willow. She was in a champ with Athena with the champ, uh, and she got the pin. This is a huge sign, and I think this led. Obviously, this was a big leading factor to her, her getting the match at Battle of the Belts, which we got to talk about. The people on Battle of the Belts, Gates of Agony, Willow, good for them. Talk about fucking going out there and earning a spot. Absolutely, that's awesome. That's Absolutely. awesome. And yeah, so I, I thought everyone everyone knocked it out of the park here. Penelope Ford is fucking amazing. Uh, you put her up with Tony Storm, and I'll buy it every day of the week. We know they're doing another tag next week with Tony and Sheeta, which is going to be awesome. So, good stuff here. Post match, it left me intrigued. I hope I think there's a world where we can go into that full gear show with like three or four women's matches. That'd be pretty cool. And it could be I some like really cool idea. stuff. Yeah. So, backstage, Tony Schiavone's with Roosh, Jose, the assistant of private party. They're reviewing some video evidence of private party not being there for them. <laughs> Jose and Ruth said they will be there tonight or they'll take him to court. As they yeah. know, Matt Hardy has been contracted. We need lawyer housing to step in and, and solve this. I, I just love how committed they are to this because nope, no one just fucking cares. But I, I respect how committed they are to keeping up with it. Nah. Just, the whole I, private party nah. thing. Just, just let him go, man. Like they this, already left one faction to join this other faction. It doesn't just, matter. Yeah, you can do what you did with Hokkausen and just never mention it. I mean, no why is there. it why, so Daniel Garcia can jump factions, but no one else can? Like, come on. Like, they didn't sign Andrade's fucking lucrative contract. That's true. You don't think Jericho had a lucrative contract? Actually, to be fair, it's time for National Scissoring Day. I, Bro. I'm just going to start it off with this. I thought this was executed perfectly. This was fucking hilarious to me. I kept my, I found myself laughing my ass off. And then we got the ultimate villain arc at the end. The shot swerve came out that closing shot over the shoulder. That is fucking money. That's whose house Swerve's house. I mean, dude, he is the villain. Swerve is the fucking super villain that they've been searching for. Yeah. Honestly, swerve is one of the best heels in wrestling period. Like when he works a heel, it's so some good. of the best things ever. Like, I, I can't wait for that. I, I, dude, if we get more with him and Keith Lee because Keith Lee doesn't want to go that way too, I'm down for that. Because when they were there, when they were working together, it was great. So, like, I listen, man, this is, this, all this is great. I love it. I'm excited to see that that rubber match. I think we're clearly going to get a full gear. Um, man, what, what a, what a, that nice gem of a feud to get toward the end of the year. You know. Like, it really it's going to be, it's going to be a, it's not going to just be a wash for Jericho and Kingston. Like it's been for most of the year. You know what I mean? Like, or for Jericho and Danielson, if you wanted to say that, you know, like it's Cause these guys have really gone out there and this is the kind of segment that I, I just think it was, you can only do this if you've built it up to this national scissoring day, like the acclaim two months ago, this really wouldn't have hit the way it did today. Dude, and by the way, Anthony Bowens is a star on he the is. mic. Talk about taking the mic. That podium 
National Scissoring Day could be a thing that they do. This could be their fucking I hope every like anniversary show we get this now, every year. Do this once a year. And don't because well, well, they didn't even, do the thing. And something I think it was was it Brian Alvarez? Somebody pointed out that they didn't do the thing that WWE always does with this, which is that they break everything and they ruin everything and they and now they're never gonna do oh, it. Oh yeah, again. no, they didn't. That's good. They point. can do this again. I hope they do. This, Not anytime soon, though. Do it next year. But I, this could be a yearly thing now. And you could have just whoever they're feuding with involve themselves, or you could not have that happen if they just if maybe they're not on TV for a couple of weeks and you have them come back and that's the announcement. You know what I'm saying? Like this could be awesome. It's gonna be great. Yeah, well executed. Swerve. I mean, making money. I'm genuinely excited for Swerve and Billy. I like that he was like, Nah, bro. I'm think talking about that. Imagine the acclaimed do the thing they do sometimes where they drop off TV for a couple of weeks and we're like, Oh man, where are the acclaimed? And then all the of a sudden, acclaimed. two weeks out from the anniversary show. Hey, two weeks from now, on the anniversary show for AEW, the acclaimed are back with National Scissoring Day. Can you imagine the hype, dude? Oh, my God. With special guest Paul Heyman. No, no. What? No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> no. The tribal chief needs him. <laughs> dark Order video package. Oh, the Dark uh, Order. I'm sorry, the Dark Order. <laughs> uh Tony Giovanni is then backstage with Madison Rain and Sky Blue. Rain barely got a sentence out, but Anna Jay and Ty Mello. Yeah, will anybody ever answer a question that an interviewer has made? No, they're not Charlie? Allowed, I think we're over 59 at this point. Like. Ty J-A-S cut him off, and they said they're setting up a tag match on Rampage. See, some people don't like stuff like this. To me, I love just getting these women, these people, Setting it up with this promo is just, it makes it feel, because it's an exhibition match, but it makes it feel a little different because we had something to set it up. It's little things like that that in wrestling used to bug me when, you know, we'd be covering it and there'd just be a match out of the blue. Just have something little to set it up. It can be this small, and I, I like it. I'm, 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 I'm easy when it comes to stuff like that. Because why are they fighting? Oh, this happened. They, you know, they were bitches to them during a promo. They caught them off. It pissed off the coach and it pissed off, you know, young Sky Blue. So they had to go out there. Had to settle the beef. Yeah, the best wrestler in AEW from Chicago. Anyway. God, dude. Hangman Page and Roosh had a match, Garrett. So Yes, they did. A very physical. Very, very physical. I mean, this is the first match. thing that happens here is a buckshot's teased. Roosh does his tranquil pose. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff here, man. I mean, Private we saw Jim backstage walking with his watching with his poker chip. Hey. So, yeah, what did what did you think of this match in total? And then we'll kind of get to the stuff after the ring. This wasn't that yeah. long of a match. Super physical, super athletic. Private Party got involved. He got stopped by John Moxley, who claimed in a promo after the match that he was going to be the last man standing. Do you think that means the stipulation match or? It could. Be. Have we seen a last man standing in AEW? I don't know if if we have. It's probably called something different. I would like to see that as a stipulation. It's a great match. It's a great match stipulation. Ten counts are fine. I would like to see an, a last man standing between Anthony Agogo and a wall. Uh, wall loses, 100%. Um, all right. Um, but yeah, there wasn't that much to it, but it's just good stuff. And uh, I do believe that John Moxley will remain the last man standing. I don't think they're slapping that shit back on Hangman right away. That'd be silly. No. All right. Yeah, if anything, Max cashing in, right? So Exactly. If, if, yeah. if that changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then we jumped to Tony backstage congratulating Willow Nightingale. She's on a roll and she challenged Jay for the TBS title. 
Jade, Kier, and Layla interrupt. She said she's beaten Willow twice already, but Willow asks, what if she's the one in 38 and 1? She wasn't. Spoilers. <laughs> Luchasaurus killed Fuego. I, I, there's nothing else to say. Poor Fuego. He's going to have to get a new mask. At what bro. point do we start feeling bad for the kid? Oh, never is- at, ne- at no point at no fuego knows what is what is life it's like do you feel bad for serpentico no because serpentico i feel like i don't know man fuego just he, he no no see- it's the same thing it's the same problem serpentico has a little bit there probably a little bit too old to be a real star probably the same deal with fuego i mean i don't know how old fuego is but he wrestles <laughs> like he's 38 you know like i don't know man i just i feel like fuego had that whole thing with miro and you know, is he he go? Be I feel like the only reason he was good in that was because it was attached to the feud between It Miro felt and like Sammy was going to be his tag partner, which would have fucking saved Fuego's career. I mean, probably not now. It probably ruined now. Sammy's, though, let's be honest. It, oh, it totally would have. Sammy was so hot. But then the Sammy year. went and did that himself anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, uh, so basically, this is setting up our match between <laughs> Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy Jack Perry uh, <laughs> next week. Yeah, good stuff. That, that match should slap. That the two of them are really good, so it should be we're awesome. not gonna probably do predictions at the end of the show. Who who do you have win that? Jack Perry or Luchasaurus? Interesting. It depends on what you want to do. If you want Jack Perry to be a potential challenger for John Moxley, you have him win. If you want Luchasaurus to go on a run and then maybe be a challenger for John Moxley at like a future pay-per-view, maybe or something, or maybe See, a random TV, like then I think maybe. I, I Maybe not John Moxley for Luchasaurus. Maybe Wardlow? Luchasaurus Wardlow. Ooh. I mean, if you're going to have him face Wardlow, it'd be a big win to pick up. And I could see Christian right. Cage cheating to help him win. So. I, dude, yes. I could totally see it. Let's jump into this main event, Garrett. Uh, Ian Riccoboni hits commentary for us. Awesome. Possibly the, the craziest booked main event in AEW history. Just in yeah. terms on paper. like It really is. ROH world champion Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Face off. Brian Danielson and ROH peer champion Daniel Garcia. The fuck you, Sammy Chance. Whoa. By the way, it felt so good getting DG getting his music back, by the way. That's good. Oh. <sighs> Such good music. Man. So what did you what did you think of this match? I guess and then kind of I, money. What were some of your favorite moments here? Uh I decided that Jericho versus Garcia is now the match I want to see the most. Um because that money it's money match make it a submission match um or wait is that what what is the stipulation didn't they put a stipulation match uh maybe um possibly full gear you could do that on tv it depends um i would probably do it at full gear or if not at full gear at uh what's the uh revolution or something like that um whatever the january show is anyway um oh winter is coming probably Oh yeah, some, that would be a good one to do it at. Whatever. Anyway, some whatever. Sometime between now and Christmas, do the match. But yes, um, or or just wait. You could also wait on that. This doesn't necessarily. This can bleed. It's like how Max and and uh, and Punk bled over at the top of the year. This can bleed over that as well. But anyway, <clears throat> that being said, uh, Sammy got roasted by the crowd. That was awesome. Um, there was a counter of the that like uh, rip off of the nosedive cutter that Sammy does because he wants to be cool like Dante Martin. Um, and uh, that was countered into a cross-faced chicken wing, which might be the greatest counter I've ever seen. Um, 
It, it you know what it reminded me of Charlie. It's that match I send you every now and then. It has the same exact counter in the Will Osprey versus uh, he who must not be named from the British wrestling scene, um, and uh, a villain you might say. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, there's some hammer and anvils. It was really nice. It was a satisfying moment to see Daniel Garcia hit the hammer and anvil elbows, Charlie, because that to me screams he's in. Oh the my club. god! Yes, I'm so glad you pointed that out. Yes. And then we get the win off of the cheater Jericho with the belt shot, with the Ring of Honor title, the disrespect, the dishonor. Rick Abani incredulous. Like, God, Rick Abani, you can really feel his emotions. Ian Riccoboni is an incredible commentator. That's why I'm so glad that they signed him for Elevation. I want him and Matt Menard to be Elevation commentators forever, please. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I, I thought, uh, I, I mean, I echo everything you just said. You know, Sammy getting the pin. Yes, he got it by BS. He shouldn't have been in this match. Let's be real. It, they should have just, if he I know they could have probably not. Yeah, I, but I think I think they're just, he's so committed to this current storyline and he wants it to be a high priority. So then you might ask yourself, why didn't he pick someone else from the JAS? You know, I think just saying you could have had like Hager slide. It's Hager. Dude, Hager and Jericho is a great tag team. Super underrated. It, is, it just probably doesn't fill the same void that this match did because Sammy and Daniel. I get it. Sammy is like his mentor. It's like the what Danielson yep. is to because Jericho did the flippy stuff back in the day when he was like a junior heavyweight and all that equivalent. I guess not a junior heavyweight, but like a junior. I mean, I guess he probably did wrestle in Japan then, but he was like a, what do they call it? A cruiserweight, you know? Um, but I mean, you know, I, I feel like Jericho just became a pure, like not a pure wrestler, but more of a pure wrestler over the years. So it, it did make sense that Daniel, that, that people act like Daniel Garcia. The only reason why people will say that Daniel Garcia shouldn't have Jericho as a mentor potentially is because, well, Danielson's a better wrestler for what he does. But on top of that, um, they're doing the sports entertainer gimmick. Like if they weren't doing that, Jericho also has called himself a wrestler before. You know what I mean? Like, so, but anyway, um, really good stuff. Let's talk about Rampage, man. Just uh, such good stuff. We already talked about the opening at Rampage, obviously, but uh, yep, yep. So, man, good stuff. We, we crushed the opening already, which then we get into a squash match. Uh, Tony Nice and Josh Woods defeat the Varsity Blondes in a minute 45. The Battle of the Jobbers, uh, double job entrance for the job teams. Um, literally, and uh, you know, hey, man, we can't do both teams, no, no entrance. That's brutal, unless the it's like the opening Blondes show. Gotta go somewhere else and i think we started it tonight because is it impact blondes, oh sorry 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 the blondes can no longer use the term varsity or else sterling will sue i hope if that they, that's true i hope that that's true i hope that there's no way they get out of that in some bs way i did love brian pillman's reaction to that though it was hilarious i would reinvent these guys characters man. you know give them I, a new I really, they do that break them off give them away from tv for a month then bring them to universal let them each get a couple matches and you know, get their new 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 characters or stick Griff in the Dark Order. I'm telling you, that would work. Griff would literally think, yeah, fucking work in the Dark Order. He fits. Maybe put them both in. I you know what? Brian Pillman Jr. could work in the Dark Order. I don't know why he couldn't. See, I think Pillman would have fit in the in the firm. Yeah, but I I think a reinvented Griff could Pillman could have fit. In I mean, firm. you could you could rework Griff's look to look less jungle boy like, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, Griff. I think fucking is, discount Jungle Boy over. That's why he doesn't get booked, by the way, because he looks like he looks like Jungle Boy's brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Sterling had his attention to the acclaim, and he's 
uh, since he's been on Wednesday. Of course, Daddy Ass and the Acclaim came out. They said save the ris- save the ratings by scissoring to the delight of the crowd. So I'm guessing we'll get an acclaimed uh, versus Neeson Woods, you know, one-off oh, match. Oh, scissor me, Daddy. Which I know we're so we're just so excited for that match. And then let's jump into this next match because I think everyone worked really well here. Ty Mello and Ana JAS defeated Madison Rain and Sky Blue. Um, you know, I, I I thought everyone here kind of really brought their A game. I'm not going to yes. lie yet. Do you I know what it made me think? What's that? This should be a little tag feud. You know, how you were talking about having like three, four women's with feuds yes, going full 100%. gear. Percent. You have you have the coach and the and, uh, and the mentor or the mentee, whatever you want to call it, the coach yeah, and the yeah, coach. the coach and the Padawan. Fuck it, Padawan. The Padawan versus the evil Mean Girls. That literally, you know, have a few that writes itself. How many times did they do this with the uh, the uh, the Iconics? You know what I mean? Like this is what they did. Ty and and Anna, they, it is like fucking Iconics in a way. And not, how, not, oh yeah, my god! How often have I said Anna J reminds me of <laughs> it's Peyton Royce? Yep, that's awesome. But no, um, Anna, this was fun, man. I, again, this proves to me more than ever these reps on dark for Sky Blue. Oh, they're so they're off. so helpful for her. She's she's really good in the ring now. Like I think she genuinely can hang with some of the better wrestlers now in AEW. Like because I thought for a while, I mean, it feels like we don't see her wrestle as much now. But I thought Mello, you know, for a long time there. I thought she was I'll give you all an example. While Marina Shafir continues to get more and more boring, Sky Blue's ratches get more and more exciting, engaging, and interesting. And I, I want to see her do something. Give this feud some legs or give make this, it a feud. Make, make this a feud. You know, we ran those. We ran Mellow and, and Anna against uh, uh, the the Bunny and Penelope about a year ago. And it worked yeah, out really and that well was, worked out so involved. great. It was one of the best TV moments of the year. Like It worked out really well. And let's run this back. I so, still, still, I can still not see the image of the barbed wire <laughs> choke on Bunny with her face blood, bloody as hell, dude. That was awesome. Anyway, good stuff, good stuff. So Jay tried to pick up Blue with the Casadora to hold her position for a charging knee for Mello, but they fell. Mello hit Blue with a knee, anyways, and Jay locked in the Blue with the clean Queen Slayer to tap out. Um, I, I, I that's our finish. So Jay picking up over Blue. Uh, Madison Rain, the coach. You know, getting a reps uh, as a coach, you know, it's – I love the idea of the coach and the Padawan facing the mean girls. It, it writes itself. And you know what? This could be match one, match two. You have Sky Blue, Pin Anna, and then match three, you know, it's our fucking – No, match three, it's a straight-up match between Ty and Madison Rain, okay? No no others involved, other two on the outside. Anna J lays out Sky Blue and distracts, and that's how they pick up the win, all right? And then the week before full gear, I think I think I'm doing the math right. Either the week before, or the week before, if you either a week or two weeks out because they can sit off for a week because they're going to need to build up other matches, obviously. Um, but we'll say it's the week before full week before full gear. You have them run Jay versus Sky Blue. Jay picks up the win this time with more cheating and tag match of the pay per view. Yep. Boom! Perfect. That that's a. I bumped the mic. I bumped the mute button. I don't know how I managed to bump the mute button there. It actually takes like a good press. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I would watch that. So it, something Great. like that, book it and put some story in between. Like I don't know, you could write something. I'm sure you figure something out. Yep. Uh, we had a swerve thing promising to hurt Billy in their match next week, 
and also announced was Tony and Hikaru Shida versus Britt and Jamie Hayter. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We jump into our fat main event here, dude. 21-minute uh, Rampage main event for the AEW Trios titles. Death Triangle taking on Dark Order, Ten, John, and, and Reynolds. Does this trio have a name? Um, Because this is not the good, the bad, and the hungry. I, I was about to say that, yeah, but I'm like, no, that's what Gang meant. It so might not have a name. It's the Dark Order. One, two, and like six or something like that. So I don't know. Something like that. Whatever, whatever, Silver or I think Silver and Reynolds are like one and two technically, but they don't. I don't know if Which those guys? Good. I'm surprised. I think they'll eventually get their tag run together, Silver and Reynolds. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see there, bud. Uh, dude, ten has improved so much. Preston yeah. Vance. I was gonna say, yeah, you uh, take the lead here on some stuff. Like, what did you o- overall kind of think yeah. of this match? Very athletic opening from both sides, as you would expect, involving Death Triangle and, you know, uh, Silver and Reynolds are also super athletic. You know, probably gets lost in the fact that they have pretty relatively, you know, not underwhelming matches. I just don't think that they're in the most exciting matches on the card always. Um, That might be a booking thing and not them. Um, I've decided the match that I need most uh, from this one is Claudio versus Phoenix. Thank you, please. Um... I think that was because of the stuff he was doing with 10, probably. Um, yeah, I could see and that. So I, I imagine that maybe triggered that thought in my head because 10, while great, is not the best strong man, you know? Um, he's very strong, but he's not the best strong man. Um, hell, Bandito's got him beat with that suplex, dude. Oh, anyway, um, that might be one of the most star making moments, by the way. Just to shout out Bandito again for that last week, that might have been one of the most star making moments I've ever seen that suplex spot with Jericho, but it was beautiful. Um, but I've also decided that I need a best of seven series between Pac and Johnny Hungy um, because those matches look like they would be awesome. Um, the suplex off the apron spot, just Christ. And uh, has anyone kicked out of the pendulum bomb like that before? I, I don't know off the top of my head. I, I, there might have been someone that broke it up, but I don't remember that. So maybe they didn't. Um, and then there was like, a little tease at the end. Our death triangle about to join Lefaction and Garbanable, Charlie. Like I, I think there's gonna be like a mutual thing here. So, yeah. Okay. So Jericho was mentioning how he beat Steve Austin and Dwayne Johnson in back-to-back matches because Pack was defending titles back-to-back. Fucking Iron Man Pack, man. Holy shit! I and both matches delivered. We'll jump into the other one in a second here, but first title defense as Death Triangle. And wow, giving them 20 minutes and the rampage main event on this, on the Brody, you know, they, they often mentioned the anniversary of his last match. This was fucking cool, man. This was a nice, this is well done. Death triangle is such a great trio. I mean, I was mentioning you briefly earlier in the week, which we'll talk about FTR in a second. I said to have the young bucks, FTR and, and Lucha brothers in your tag division, you can put them against anyone, and they will go out there and put on a show. And the Dark Order are not just anyone. I mean, they've had their reps. They're a fun team. But they're nothing like – no one's going to call them the best team in the ring. No, not even close. But yet you yeah. can go out there. They can put on a main event like this, and it can fucking deliver. Absolutely. 100%. I, I just right. thought Pack and, and Reynolds had some really good exchanges. Uh, Silver – I, they often call him Silver. Part of me wishes we call him Hungy. Just pops me when they do. But that's Johnny Hungy. <laughs> uh, our finish here of the Meat know, Man Reynolds 
They hit their finishing combo on Penta. Ten hit the discus Larry on Penta for another near fall. It was broken up. Jose the assistant came out with a contract for ten. Distracted Silver and ten. Roosh came out of the crowd and handed Pack the ring bell hammer. Pack doesn't mind cheating, so he knocked out Reynolds with the bell hammer. Pack then looked in the locked in the brutalizer, and Reynolds was out for the submission. Some people are not liking that finish. They're a little confused. I, 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 I mean, look, it is what it is. I mean, we got our near falls. Not every match is going to end the same. And clearly, if they're setting this up for Roosh to maybe, you know, coincide with these factions, count me in, man. Absolutely. So, I can also buy Pack just being like Pac. What is it? Pack, Pack, whatever the fuck. I say um, both. Pac, Pack. Pack Pac-Man. Anyway, um, two pack. Anyway, um, the I I think it, I gotta be honest with you. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense that he would cheat when he knows he's got to defend two different titles back to back. Like, it makes a lot more sense than him just being I, I, like people get stuck on the dumbest shit in wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, this made complete sense to me. I, I don't even want to spend time on that. Um, really great match. And uh, I mean, I think let's just jump straight into Battle of the Belts because I pocked continuing to impress back-to-back matches. I just don't know how you can. It's yeah, one yeah, thing Charlie did work double duty. It's I think he literally worked these matches quite literally back-to-back. I mean, like. Yeah, yeah. Rampage and Battle of the Belts was live this week. So this was this was a, an instant back-to-back thing. Take us through, probably had take a few us, minutes, but not long. Like, Take us through the beginning of this. Of, we had Pac defending his AW All-Atlantic Championship, which I, I dare to say, I mean, he continues the great they, The matches continue to matches. get better and better. Yeah. So, they, they keep giving him better opponents. I mean, that's just how it goes. So Pac took on Trent Beretta this time. Yeah. And uh the Aldenic Championship was on the line as you as you intimated. Uh it was very physical. I was I was surprised that they said that Trent had never received a singles AEW championship shot. That's surprising to me. Because there was times when, you know, Chucky was hurt, um, and then he was hurt. So I mean, I you know, whatever. Uh I guess that's uh that's not a thing anymore. He's now had one, so um, but that's surprising to me. I'm I'm surprised by that. They had a nice avalanche brain buster that just looked incredible. Um, oh, he's a bastard. We got that chant going. Um, Pac got laid the f out by a tornado DDT. I think he likes those DDT spots. Uh, Pac, uh, yeah, sold the shit out of it. Um, they did a brain buster off of the stage through a table. That is one of the nastiest bumps of the year. Um. And maybe that should have been what won this. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do something unprecedented. We're, we're awarding two different Simmons Award this week. This one gets one as well, Charlie. All right. Um, we don't have the sound effect for that one because I sprung that on you literally live. Um, but it's <laughs> I'll I'll give Pac uh, another one for that because that, that sell on the DDT and then the Brain Buster off the stage, I think he did enough. Plus wrestling back-to-back matches. I think we can – this is a special case. Pac just did too much this week. He deserves another award, so we're going to give him one as well. He does, um, and the crowd brought out the beautiful chant, fitting chant, fight forever. Yes. And he deserved it, man. I mean, is there anyone that doesn't think this guy's the fucking the iron horse of this goddamn company? Because he is. He and goes Charlie, overseas and wrestles 30-minute matches. He does what yep. he can. Yep, and Charlie, I believe he cheated in this match as well. I could be wrong about that. Um, uh, at the end, he did. Yes. Yeah, um, he dropped to the floor, went for the ring bell hammer. Brennan tried to suplex him. 
uh, he hit him between the eyes with a hammer and got the yep. pinfall. And I, then... I gotta say, I, I'm gonna say oh. right now, I was ready to buy Trent Brett as a champion. I, I could have bought it based. on Oh yeah, match. absolutely. I could see that being the kind of championship you would win too, a championship where he's gonna be defending it all the time, uh, kind of thing. I could see that it fits Trent very well. But again, as we always, you know, it tends to be this way with AEW. The big story was not the match. It was the end of the match because we have our challenger for pocket. Looks like at full gear, Charlie. Potentially, it might be a TV match. But I'm thinking this is going to be the full gear match because it's been kind of building up in the background for a while. Orange Cassidy came back and attacked Pack, And he laid it out, laid him out, beat the crap out of him and saved Trent. I'll tell you what, Charlie, the first match was already a banger. Um, I think they're going to put on another show. So uh, what thoughts on Orange Cassidy being back and being the one to take on Pac next? I think this is a great idea. I, I think, you know, when they wrestled before, it was awesome. And when they wrestled the tags, it was great uh, for the trio's title. And we actually do have a date for this one already. They, they strapped it on at the end of the show. It will be next week on Dynamite. Oh, I fucked you. You're right. I forgot about yep. that. It's all good. It's all good. Right. Yeah, right. So we have five matches for next Dynamite. Dynamite next week feels loaded, which is well. I just it's so hard because on the anniversary shows, I like on these bigger shows. I sometimes it feels like the ends of something. So I, sometimes it feels weird when they announce stuff and my brain doesn't process it quite. I, so I, much I feel going it. On. But this, I mean, hey man, this was really Trent Beretta since his return a few months back. You know, we did the Wheeler Yuta thing. We we've we've done little matches here and there. This is the one. This was a fucking, this was a beautiful match for him. And I think Battle of the Belts 4, really, this this was a great, great opener to it. And, Absolutely. And let me say this, doing it live back-to-back, much better vibe than running this on a Saturday. You can't run this on a Saturday during college football. And let me be honest with you, Charlie, the fact that they're letting them do this uh, really close to when they just did the two-hour Rampage, I I think there's a good possibility they could extend Rampage an hour. Might be testing the grounds. Change. Yeah, it works. So, Tony Schiavone interviews Jericho 2.0. It's time for Dan Garcia to come home to the JAS. They're not mad at Garcia. They're just disappointed. Oof. 2.0 are like Garcia's two dads, and Jericho is like his older brother. Jericho bringing uh, back the lightheart gimmick for his match with Danielson in Toronto. Not sure that uh, that, that that works, but uh, I respect it, Jericho. <laughs> uh, Claudio made it known he will be looking for whoever wins the ROH title match in Toronto next week. Claudio Jericho, Claudio Danielson. Rick Either Starks one. joins the commentary team for the rest of the show. Then we jump into Jay Cargill with the baddies, taking on Willow Nightingale. So this is a TBS championship match. So this match went seven and a half minutes and we had a couple angles here at the end that we have not seen yet with this TBS title match. So yep. something I really liked is they were actually having Jade sell for Willow here a bit. Yes. This was this was much different than the last two matches where Willow maybe got a move in and then it was yeah. like maybe two and a half, three minute matches. This went went the di- I mean, I'm gonna say went the distance for a Jade match. Seven and a half minutes? Yep. I mean, her 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 Ty Mello match, which is probably still my favorite, went this long. So, so I like you said, they gave gave uh, Willow a little bit of offense. Crowd was a little dead after the first match. Um, oh yeah, actually, honestly, they're probably dead after the two back to back matches they got. To be honest with you, um, so there was kind of a hard spot to be in. 
And I think part of what also killed this match was Jade still can't feed a comeback for a baby face to convincingly look like they're going to beat her. So just, I think that's part of what makes it feel like nobody can beat her is that they can't even get momentum against her, which if that's what they're purposefully going for, I'm not getting that vibe. I'm just getting the vibe that she can't do it. So they just can't make it look, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so until she figures that out, I don't think they should take the title off of her. Cause I don't know how you're going to put somebody over in a win. Isn't that crazy, Charlie? As I'm wondering now, is she a good enough wrestler to put somebody over in a win against her? That doesn't just make them look not great because she's not able to provide that other end. I'm starting to wonder that the moment like, she's selling for concern, she gets, she, when she, Gets that concerned look in her face. We've only seen it like three times. We saw it at Athena. Actually, I'll say I think she's actually she does the facials and the acting stuff. Oh, it's, well. it's, it's top notch. The the facials. I think it's the physical selling of the moves and like feeding a comeback is something that's so crucial to a heel. Like, <sighs> it's something that a lot of people being able to take those flat back bumps. Like, Carly, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a spot in the match where she's supposed to take like two or three flat back bumps in a row to like some chops or something like some clotheslines from Willow. She just can't do it, you know? Um, it doesn't look very good. She doesn't pop back up with she doesn't have that wrestler timing of popping back up. You know what I mean? Like she can hit a kip up, but could she hit a kip up when the crowd's gonna pop for it? I don't think so. I don't know if she could physically get her body to do it before she missed the spot, you know? Yeah, we'll have to yeah, well the kip up she I mean, probably could, but like and- with with that, I just I worry for her future as a champion if they're gonna have to have someone beat her. And she can't make them look like a convincing star. Cause that's not all on the person that's giving the offense, you know, like. And I think I'm starting to kind of get an idea of what they're going to do with this. I think it's looking more and more like they're just going to take someone that's really getting a fucking hot push or getting hot with the crowd and just throw it against Jade and just kind of casually just beat her quick. Not like a quick match, but it's going to feel like a quick feud. I'm still feel I'm still feeling I wouldn't be that playing her at full gear. I don't think it's happening based on this match. Cause I think you have to start having her look like she's not invincible way before full gear if that's gonna be the case. So I think if if they don't do Jamie going for the world title, they might just do a quick thing where Jamie then sets her eyes on Jade because she feels untouchable. And you know, it's three weeks later we get the match and Jamie just beats her. Because Jamie's so over with the crowd. I, I'm i starting to think that's what this is going to come down to. Is something like that. It might not be Jamie. It might be the next person that gets the hot hand. But I, I'm starting to think that's what it's going to be. Because I don't think they're going to build a long three-month feud with her. But they, they really can't. As much as I want to say I like. Uh, as much as I want to praise Jaden so I don't feel like I'm piling on her. She also can't really have a storyline with someone for longer than a few weeks. Otherwise, no, they, they would do it. They even the Athena thing, they fucking took the break in between. It it made no sense. And so we're starting here with our next program. This is a good start. This is a good start. And Vicky came out, distracted Jade. Nyla ran from the crowd, stole the title. This felt like Nyla straight off of Twitter. I fucking hate this goddamn I hate the gimmick of stealing the championship. I'm sorry. It never works. It's not gonna work in this case. I feel bad, Nyla, that you have to do this. I'm sure you're gonna make it entertaining. Love you, Nyla. I hate that you have to do this right now. It's such a stupid storyline. It's just going to get the fight. And I mean, look, is I don't know how they're going to continue it, but 
Nyla and Jade. I mean, this is a former champion. Like now the story is that no one can beat Jade. So they literally stole the championship because now they, well, I don't have to beat Jade now. I just have the belt. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a third grade level story, but it's there. Well, I'm I'm just saying like, it's like, that's literally what this, she's so dominant. You literally have to steal the championship. You can't beat her for it. So it's like, but that. Can I be honest with you? Why is Wardlow? Why is Wardlow going to be way more over about a year from now than Jade will be? And it's because Wardlow can wrestle, and Jade can't. Jade's getting better, but she's still not there. And I don't know if it was the smartest move. And I remember saying this to you at the time: maybe you wait on Jade and don't put a championship on her immediately. Wait for her to develop into a champion instead of waiting for the championship to develop her into a wrestler, which is not the way that works. I mean, if you don't believe me, they put the Intercontinental title on Ezekiel Jackson. Tell me, how many times have you watched an Ezekiel Jackson match, Charlie? Ever in your yeah. life? Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yes, let's jump into... We have a bunch of backstage stuff back to back here. Lexi's interviewing Ethan Page, Stokely, and Matt Hardy. Hathaway confronted Hardy about the footage of contract tampering. And, yeah, this will probably lead to... Probably something on a rampage between Hardy and Ego. Lawyerhausen. Ethan's got to get a match in Toronto. There's no way he doesn't. Um, Lexi interviewed Hook about his envelope from the Trustbusters. Hook tore it up and walked away. He doesn't need to be in the Trustbusters. Excalibur interviewed Pac. Or he announced Pac defending the Atlantic title against Orange Cassidy. There's cheese and crap. And then... What happened with that is Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm cut a promo for the tag match with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. And Bobby Cruz did the ring announcing for the main event. He wore a neck braces, sell the beatdown. All right, main event time. FTR in the gates of agony. So, FTR back. Uh, this is the first match in uh, about a month or so from the. There might have been a match after the board. Rankings thing. don't matter anymore, but still the number one ranked team. <laughs> Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, Gary, you take the lead on this uh, on our main event here. What do you think of the Gates of Agony in this position, by the way? Bish- going by Bishop Khan. And, and what do you think of the match overall for the ROH Tag Team Championship? Man, FTR are just so damn good. Um, they can literally make – I mean, they literally held together. They were the glue, the foundation, the cement, the fucking Masons, and the goddamn build crew that fucking put together the NXT tag team division in the early days. And now I think they're doing the same thing for AEW, to be honest with you, and maybe even Ring of Honor. So they went out there and had a legendary match with the authors of pain. Anyway. um, Yeah. The gates of agony are what the authors of pain should have been, by the way, Um, in terms of like match quality, but you know, they couldn't do that. So anyway, um, So this was for the Ring of Honor team, team Championships. Hard hitting. And you could tell that uh, Toa and Khan have both improved um, uh, over the course of many months of wrestling around the world, you know. Um, they had a nice pop on the hot tag. Uh, they had a double draping DDT spot that was really nice. And, uh, you know, I just they didn't get a whole bunch of time here. Uh, but, uh, you know, because I think they wanted to give Pac as much as he needed. But uh, at the same time, Gates of Agony looked really good throughout this. Um, still not sure what Prince Nana is doing. I'm sure we'll find out more when we have weekly Ring of Honor. If we ever have weekly Ring of Honor, because Tony's still denying that that's ever going to be a thing, it seems like, because nobody... Tony said something that really concerned me, Charlie, which is that it seemed like nobody's interested, even at at, at Warner. So 
Yeah. I, I don't know what they do with that. I because you gotta get AEW on HBO Max before Ring of Honor. So yeah, I don't so know you can't you don't want to push that, but you also can't just have Ring of Honor. Dude, like I I'm guess they allowed even... him to have the Ring of Honor titles, which apparently he wasn't even gonna be able to do without asking them, which is kind of you want to hear my prediction for how they do this? Okay. It replaces AEW Dark. They film it. I hope Denver. so. I that would be the smart I move. I think they're gonna film right Ring of Honor at Universal. It's gonna be taped. And we'll, what we'll do for AEW Dark is when we finally transition to our live rampage every week, I think I, you can kind of see where, where they want this to go. You have your live dynamite, you have your live rampage, both two hours. You film elevation before one, dark before the other. And that leaves your universal time slot once a month to film Ring of Honor. Boom. It makes right. sense to me. I can see it. And then we have uh, the rest of it. Well, I guess it's not really the rest. They 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 jump them after the match, and then Ryan Cage comes down to beat down on them as well. And War Joe, Wardlow, and Samoa Joe make the save. Um, which I mean, are we setting up like a six man, eight man here? I don't know who their eighth man would be on the other side. Could be the newest recruit to the Gates of Agony, or uh, the you know the Embassy. And okay. I mean, we were just talking about it earlier. Maybe Pillman. Maybe Garrison. You know, yeah, one of possibly. these AEW, like I'm not gonna say core guys because they're not, but they're they're they've been there for a long time. You know, get get some of these guys. I mean, uh, you know who? Oh my god, George okay. Ole. Ooh, I'm I, I'm send it. I'm down we've for been, that. We've been waiting. To, they got. I've been saying. Them. I wonder what George Ole. They need to do something with George Ole because George Ole is is good enough in the ring, I think, but it's just missing something. I, I that might be it. That might be it. All right. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you covered a lot of bases here that I liked. And, you know, something I, I was messaging you uh, about a few days back, I was like, this is the Gates of Agony's litmus test here. Yeah. You get into a team with like FDR. You're if you be go out there exposed. with FDR and you have a match that everyone's just kind of like, yeah, it's whatever. Then they know it was it you because FDR it is good. It didn't have to be great. And it, it, that's, it that's true. FTR really is the litmus test of your tag team because if you go out there and have a shitty match with FTR, that well, means it was that on you. Sides with what I'd say earlier. I mean, there's really three of them in in AEW. Yeah. If we toss Gates of Agony out there with the Lucha Brothers next week, yeah, it's going to be a similar thing. They're going to put out a good match, and I think this was a good match. This wasn't great. Didn't have to be great. The match they were writing, the match that the story they told was not meant to be some great story. Yeah, it was slapped together before this show so they could have a match for FTR, basically. And know? let me just say this. Dax, again, looking so smooth. I think Dash, uh, Dash, I think Dax really liked uh, working with Colin. Did, did you get yeah, that vibe? Yeah, I, I think so as well. I think he just likes working wrestling in general, but I think I think when he gets in there with new people, I think he really I think it's gonna kick. I think excuse me, I think he gets a kick out of that. And so I I think he probably just enjoyed getting in there with somebody new, being able to be on I TV, think, being able to wrestle. Yeah. You know, and, and totally own. I feel like they kind of tell him to, or someone told him somewhere that he's got to ramp up the craziness a little bit. Yeah, sometimes I don't know he if does it's it at the working? wrong moment. He does yeah. it at the wrong moments, dude. That's what it is. Whereas Parker, uh, uh, Parker has clearly been trained to do it after he hits a big move in the corner or after mm -hmm. he hits a big that, move. That's got to be from his short time in WWE, I have to imagine. And Toa Leona, he kind of hits it after he gets his ass kicked. He hits this, like, 
it's like a power up anger thing. I mean, I think it could work. Maybe just it could work. They need to work it out a little bit. They don't get enough time. That's the problem. He could work on it more if they use them more. These guys should be in AW Dark if if we're still doing Dark on on Universal. They used to be. That's where they remember. That's where this team formed out of. I remember saying you should stick them together. I this is one of the things that I feel like I spoke into the universe because I remember seeing both of them being like, man, this guys would make a great tag team. Then they tagged them together one week, and I was like, dude, I was just saying this randomly the other day to you. And now they're in a tag match on Dark, and they actually worked. And then they kept them together, and they became the Gates of Agony at Ring of Honor Supercard. So that felt like that was one of those first moments when things came together that I was really talking about, you know? like, And it felt and, like maybe I was influencing things. I don't think I am, but maybe I am, you know? Um, like, if so, great. If not, then it just means that I'm on the right wavelength, you know? So I... I I I want to see where they go next. I I would really like to see FTR defend the titles more. I'd like to see them defend the AAA titles ever. Um, so you know I don't know I don't know who you'd have them do that against, but defend something. You know, get, yeah, get yeah. FTR more. Yeah, this, this is a good touch. I'm glad FTR at the main event here. You know, that's the the classic uh, you know respect showing here for them. This they hadn't defended these titles in three months, so uh, I'm with you. It was nice to see it. They won these things back in April. So, God, they've actually had a pretty decent little uh, little title run here. When yeah, it's going to be we, really, really hard we break to down argue. Their matches, that, we'll have some fun. Dude, it's going to be really, really hard to not argue. I mean, I'm going to have to, like, we're going to have to sit down and just straight up have a debate about John Moxley versus Dax Harwood for Wrestler of the Year. It's just going to have to be the conversation we have. Like, I love Danielson, but he was gone for so long that it was just, there's no chance that it's going to be him this year. He would have been probably, but but God damn, if John Moxley has not had just an incredible year, and so has Dax Harwood, man. I name a bad Dax Harwood match this year. I'll wait. Yeah, it's gonna have a hard time picking out that list. <laughs> You're gonna have a hard time doing that list there. So, yeah, man. Um, God, reunite the foundation. Fuck it, send that in. But that'll be it for us, guys. We uh. This is a little bit of a longer show, but, you know, we had to cover Battle of the Belts 4, so we had to spend some time on these matches. We weren't just going to rush through them, you know, because what the fuck's the point of it? And I it's like there was an extra hour of show this week that we don't normally have, so it's going to add, like, at least 20 yeah. minutes, I feel like, for that. Plus, I we was had six you know, hours of wrestling, including the Darks. I mean, come on. Yeah. Next week, ROH World Champion Chris Jericho, Brian Anderson, Jack Perry versus Luchasaurus, Swerve versus Billy Gunn, Tony Storm, Ricardo Sheeta versus Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Pack defends Orange Cassidy. I hope Swerve just beats the piss out of daddy ass. I do too. Hit him with a fucking piss missile right in the cock. That's how Jesus. we're going to end it. That's how we're going to end it. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. See ya! We are bored! Oh, it didn't. Fuck! New, new software, boys. New software. <laughs> Bring me a boy!